The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. We invite you to join us each Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the corner of 16th and 47th in Seattle's U District. Anybody here last night did not get any sleep at all? All right. I knew there was going to be, there's always, every time I do this, there's always someone like, yeah, me. I have done it all night. No, no, no sleep. Awesome. Nice job. Nicely done. Anybody here just get one hour? One hour? Man, it went from zero to probably one. Sorry, buddy. I'd almost rather get none. One is rough. Two? Anybody get two? Yeah, we got a tour. All right. I hear you. I see it. Three? Couple more. All right. Sorry. I just want to sympathize with you. Three is almost weird, too. That's when you start waking up and you're not sure where you are and it's who you are. Dark time, I hear you. Four. Ooh, gap. Five. Oh, five. Okay, now we're starting to get into it. Now six hours. Anyone get seven hours? No. At a retreat? I'm going to reach. I'm reaching. I'm going to go seven and a half. Anyone get seven and a half hours? Huh? I'm going eight. Anyone with eight? No. <laughs> you guys sleep. What do you just lay you down and we're out, gone? We're no, we got nine. We got eight, eight's the max. That is entire. We got a guy sneaking up. That is incredible. Nicely done, women. I, that's awesome. I, I actually think that I think in 23 years that's a record that I've ever heard of. That's great. Haley, where's Haley? Where's Haley? Haley, thank you. I appreciate you. I sat, I sat back there and I thought, man, you have a courage for me that, I, that inspires me. Dave, be that, be that courageous. You could have ducked out on a lot of that story. And, um, and also just, just appreciate that um, so much. Um, and also, um, so that, yeah, first of all, inspired by that. And then I also just, you are so funny. You gave me a new term. I've never heard vent sesh. <laughs> and here's what's great. I, is you kind of renamed my entire profession. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I am a professional vent sessionist. I've got new cards coming out like now. I'm going to go make vent sessionist. I'm, I'm, I, college students will go, oh, that's, I know what that is. I'm, <laughs> sign me up. So, so thank you for that too. Oh, let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you so much for the chance to be together this morning. We thank you for the privileges that we do have. We really do. We thank you for uh, the privilege to be in a country where we can gather in freedom. We, that is a uh, luxury. Uh, we thank you for that. Um, we pray for the world and for places where this, this would not uh, be in their wildest dreams. We pray for the world right now, uh, for people who are struggling to find meeting places uh, where they can be together. And we pray for our hearts and our minds uh, that have, have uh, had a chance to rest, some more than others. And we pray for um, the, the ability to hear from you today. That's our, our desire. Our desire is that we walk out of here having heard from you. So open our ears, open our eyes, um, and um, sift these words 
so we only walk out what you are directly saying to us and nothing more. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. I want <coughs> to read a passage today um, about two of my favorite disciples. Um, two of my favorite disciples. Oh, I need my glasses. Um, the, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I know, I'm just, I'm learning to be old. I'm learning. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> That's why I'm watching Grant. He's teaching me. <laughs> like, okay, fall asleep in your own chest. I'm going to learn on that. I'm going to do that. That, by the way, is the funniest thing. The whole thing for me is when he just all of a sudden falls asleep into his, his own chest, carries his head. I just, that kills me. So great. Oh, lordy, lordy. All right. Two of my favorite disciples. Now, as they were traveling along, Jesus and, his, and his, his band are going along. He entered a certain village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who moreover was listening to Jesus' words, seated as, at his feet. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister, he, he can't just see this. She's just watching her sister who's just sitting there taking in the words of Jesus, and she is making food. Now, you got to understand, the Hebrew culture, you bring someone in and you don't provide for them, it's almost an insult. Not only to them, but it's also going to say a bad thing about your house. So Mary's doing all this stuff, and she's just watching. And she's saying, or Martha's doing all this stuff, and she's just watching Mary while all this stuff is being undone. You watch her anger build. Some of you know what that's like when you're doing all the work. And you're watching that other person just kind of sit back and they're just enjoying, they're kind of oblivious to everything going on. You're like, hmm, you drop the little hints. Sure could use a floor sweeping. And they look in there, I know. And they still don't do anything. And you're like, <laughs> you know, and we have a broom. And you're like, that's an awesome, awesome broom. Really is. And they're not seeing it. And you watch, you just see her anger starting to go up. Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him, to Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. You know that feeling. You feel this sense of like ping pong balls in your head, trying to get everything together, trying to manage so many things. What classes are you going to take? Who do you need to call? What events are you going to go to? What things do you have to do today? All those things that are going around. Bang, 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 bang. And you walk up to somebody. I had this, I had this friend of mine in, in, in seminary named Max, and he's from Texas. So he was actually Max from Texas. That's how he said it. Max from Texas. He was six foot six, just, and he weighed about 160 pounds. He's a very thin man. <laughs> And every single time I would talk to him, I'd say, hey, hey, and he, we were good friends. I'd go, Max, how you doing? And he'd go, David, he goes, I'm powerful tired. I'm powerful tired. I'm busy, busy, and I'm tired. I'm busy, busy, and I'm tired. Tired and I'm busy. Every single time, and he was also tone deaf, so we'd be singing there, and we'd sing in chapel, and no joke, the song is going like this, and he's just down all over the place, but singing with gusto, love to sing, wrong notes, could not hear a note to save his, I'm nervous, you know, truly tone deaf is really odd to hear, it's like, what song are you singing, buddy, like, that. 
542. That's not, you're, you're on 542. So that, you are on your own, own, own your own page. But you know what it's like when you talk to people in the first, as a matter of fact, when people come into my office, I'll ask them every time they come in, I just want to get them in training and kind of knowing where they are in life, where they are and let them come in. So I'll ask them to literally tell me two or three words, but just how are you right, right now? Not how you are globally, but just at 3.30, how are you? I want people to start to know more quickly how they are in the moment. This guy Carl Rogers calls it lag time between an event and, and, and your awareness of how that event affected you. How long does that take? And he, he would joke that it, he started off with 17 years. You know, he'd come back to his wife and go, you know the thing that happened 17, you met back in 1980, whatever, whatever. I'm still mad about that. I'm mad about that. And she wouldn't have known. Some of you are like that. There's things that are happening to you and you just got through it, but you don't know how you are. So there's, there's, a, there's a bias that I have that's that, that it's, it, part of life is starting to learn where you are in the woods um, in, in order for you to get to where you want to go. Um, busy, tired. Some of you guys know that that's the only two words that you use. And so I will actually outlaw those words in my office. You can use any other word you want. But busy and tired can almost become ingrained that that's the only way you can be. So I want to know anything else. I get that you're busy. I get that you're tired. What else are you? How else are you? And people go, and they don't know. But then they start to. You can see Martha going around and her two MO words are busy and tired. And she's watching Mary not be busy and tired. And it's driving her nuts. He says, only a few things are necessary, really only one. For Mary has chosen the good parts, which shall not be taken away from her. Here's the idea today. Today is going to be an odd conversation. It's going to be in the. It's going to be a middle part of a conversation. Last night we talked about <clears throat> this beginning of John, and in his baptizing of these people and looking, he's got one task, and his task is to call out that Jesus is going to come. That the Kairos moment is upon them. Pretty big, pretty big job. Out of the crowd, someone that you would never have pegged steps forward, and even he misses him. Until God gives him a gift and that ability to see the Spirit come down on this, this, this ordinary man and announce to the world, there he is. And right away, John's ministry begins to fade very quickly. As a matter of fact, he, he, he ends up going through some troubling times. And, um, and Jesus begins his ministry and slowly starts calling. Now, out of the crowd... There are certain people. You think of Peter. He's in the midst of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fishermen. And he gets it. Andrew, out of, the, out of the midst of hundreds and hundreds of people, Andrew gets it. My belief is you are those people. You are the people that raised your head. You're the people that looked up and said, I don't know what it is. I don't know what this means. I don't know exactly where this is going to lead. But I'm willing to take a step forward. I'm willing to investigate. That's you. Now, my bias in the, in the Gospels is that what Jesus does is his, the first step is, can you see me? Not that you understand me completely. Not that you have a systematic theology that completely wrapped me up. Not that you can even understand the exact nature of what I'm going to do. None of them did. 
You'll see them calling him rabbi and teacher, and you'll see them calling him different things. You'll see he and Peter get in arguments about how he's going to do what he's going to do. He says, I'm going to go to the cross. And he says, you can't do that. And he says, get thee behind me, say Another time, he says, he, lots of people are starting to ditch out because they're thinking, oh, wait, this is going to be hard. And, the, and they start to leave. And he looks at Peter. He says, what about you? Are you going to leave me too? And he says, where else am I going to go? You're the one who has the words of eternal life. And he says, to you, I give the keys of the kingdom. Peter bets about 500. He swings, he just, just swings. And sometimes he just strikes out big and sometimes he just knocks a homer. This is what starts to happen. These people around him. And in the midst of this are two Two disciples, Mary and Martha. And you see them. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you what. If I was going to pick disciples, that, those are the two that would win for me. Because they're going to stick with him. They, they are going to stick with him when things get really, really, really bad. They're two of the most loyal disciples he's going to have. And they're going to be, they're, they're also very attentive. You'll see a lot of the disciples sitting there in a kind of an investigative mode. Mary and Martha are thinking about not only Jesus uh, in terms of what he's bringing to the world, but Jesus is a human. Some of you have that gift. You see, and suddenly you know that someone needs not simply to hear uh, a gospel presentation, what they need is a meal. And you're that person that knows, go across the street, get him something. You're that person. I've seen you. It's always amazing to me. I'm not that person. I miss it. I have to see people like you, see people like that, and then I can maybe follow you and maybe I'll help you pay for the meal or something. It's a, great, it's a real gift. Mary and Martha have that gift. But Jesus in this story, sorry, Brian, I told you I wouldn't do that. <clears throat> I have to stay right here. <laughs> what? <laughs> so Mary and Martha, here's, here's, here's my bias, and this is for, for us today, and we're going to have the middle part of the conversation. What Jesus says is, first step is, I want you to see me. The second thing is, I want to challenge your worldview. Now, some of you guys know that term. Some of you have heard the term worldview. So the way that you look, and what they're essentially saying is how you look at the world, your lens. Literally, is in my office, I have two Ansel Adams pictures. And the reason why I put that up there is because for people who are suffering from depression, it is like literally their, their eyes have had a lens put over it that strips all the color out of life. And this crazy making thing, this is true. The crazy thing is they look to the future and they can't see anything that looks fun or hopeful. But the real crazy thing is they look back and they can't see that there ever was anything fun or hopeful. It's a lens, literally over their eyes, and they can't see. And so when, that's why when people are saying they don't want to live anymore, why would you? There's nothing worth living for everywhere I look. Well, in the same way, a worldview does the same thing. We look out, and depending on our worldview, that's how we see what's going to be happening, who we're supposed to be, who you all are. And if I look back, it tells me where I've been. Jesus says, fundamental. Catch this. This is the key. Fundamental. And I wanna, I'll want i say something that might get me canned. I will say that the reason why the church gets slammed and not believed in, and they're not, is because we have a, thousands and thousands of Christians that have become Christians but kept their same worldview. And so the way they do ministry is 
really similar to what the world does when they build a target. And when you get people coming in looking for something different and they look around, they're like, oh, this is like Target. But not as good as Target. I think I'm going to go to Target. What I would challenge you all, and this is, you all are in the, in the place to do it. You are the age. I'm too old to do this. This is you. Is your job is to come in and do it, death, do it different, do it better. But you won't unless your lens changes. And this is what Jesus does. He's saying, if we do the same, if we do this discipleship thing and your lens, Peter, doesn't change, you will end up just like the people who are in charge right now. You have to see different. And you're going to watch him over and over time get frustrated with his disciples when he sees them doing discipleship with a world view, with a world lens that is from where they came from. Comes into the room and they're, they're in an argument. He says, what are you guys arguing about? Well, we just want to know when you're in charge, after we've taken over everybody, there's going to be a table and we want to know who's going to sit on your right and who's going to sit on your left. And we're arguing about that on who's the best disciple because see, I think all the things I've done and, you know, like I'm smart and I've got an athletic. I think I'd be like the first guy and then get here. Andrew over here, he's kind of nice. So he'd be a good diplomat. Could, he'll be second. But then we're arguing about that. And you see Jesus going, have you been with me so long and you still don't know me? You're still working at it. In their view, it was a military mindset, a military view, a battle view. The world is this big battle with Martha. And I'm going to give you five of these. Five worldviews. Five lenses. Five world lenses. The first one that I'm going to give to Mary or to Martha I'm going to call it the river view. This is a world view where everything feels like it's you're being swept up. When you hear people like this, you feel this sense, you can see them. They feel like life has carried, got them, and they are barely, they're just trying to navigate. But if any of you, anybody ever done river rafting? Yeah? You know what it's like? By the way, where's Olivia? Olivia, I'm going to tell that story tonight. I'm going to tell the river story for you. All right. I thought about you last night. I was like, I want to tell the story because it fits perfect tonight. The river is, you know what that feeling is like. I remember when I was a kid and my dad, we were, when we were camping and um, my dad, the first thing he did when we were near rivers, he took me out to the river and he pointed to it. And he goes, I want to tell you something. He goes, this is one of the prettiest things you'll ever see. And it's also one of the deadliest. He goes, if you get swept up in this river, here's what you do. And he started telling me all the things about feet first. And you start yelling as loud as you can. He started just telling, giving me some training. In case I was a little kid, got curious. He says, this looks like it's not moving very fast, but it is. It is. 
And it's very powerful. And so I learned early on to respect the river. But some of us feel like our whole life, the way that we look at life, the way we're looking at each other, the way we're looking at what we've got to do, we're here, but we're going to be there. We were there, and now we're going to be, you know, sw- swimming along. You can just feel people swimming along. I've got this class, and I've got that class. I've got to eat a meal. That's why I've got gogurt. It's too slow to open a cup of yogurt. I must be able to shoot it in my mouth because I have a river that I'm going. They are smart. They're going. The people at Gogart are smart people. They're saying river people, people who live their lives with the river view, worldview, they don't have time. They want to they take out time of spooning. That's too long. This From here to here, that's too long. We can do that. That's easy. That's technology for you. Everything is about people on the river Everything is about jamming more and more and more and more into your minutes. How many of you, and I've been doing this experiment after talking with Janie and Ryan this week. How many of you, if I said, give up your phone for 24 hours, would start to shake a little? I don't need it. I just want it. I'm just going to check it. People from the Riverview can feel that way, that sense of, what if I miss? What's the best? This is where I'm old. What social network is the most popular one now? Facebook still? Instagram? See, that's the one where I'm just, I'm so old. If someone sent me an Instagram, I would call them and tell them, (laughs) and and tell them never to send me an Instagram again. <laughs> Shopping. Don't send me this. <laughs> That's how old I am. <laughs> Dave, your voice is appearing on my phone. How did you do that? <laughs> what kind of weird app lets your voice come directly through my phone? I've never done this. It's the voice app. <laughs> this view builds churches all the time this view will start your career all the time you have that view of just being barely in control of addicted to a billion different things Checking, 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 checking. Swimming, 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 swimming. You're never thinking about where you are. You're trying to look down the bend. Anyone who's ever known the river raft, river rafting knows that if you're only concerned with where you are, you are too late. River rafting is all about knowing the river 50 yards, 100 yards down. That's river rafting. If you don't do that, you won't make it. So we are. We're always scanning, 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 scanning. And suddenly... Mary stops and says, this is the moment right here. I don't know what I'm going to get in this moment. I don't know what's going to come to me, but I'm going to sit down. My challenge for you, some of you, some of you like challenges. I will challenge you that today in your free time, when you river people are trying to figure out what am I going to do to pack out my time? Got to pack it out. Because any time alone, I get so anxious. 
I don't know what to do. And I feel kind of like a loser. I didn't pack out every moment. I must have failed. River people, that's their success. They'll say, I'm busy and tired. And they'll sound like they're complaining, but actually it's like this mark of like, oh, I, wow, you are busy and tired. It's like a badge. And it's like a security blanket, like Linus. Are you busy? Tired. Got my phone, got my friends, got my whatever. No downtime. Awesome. And it kind of sucks. And that's the, that's, the, that's the line, river people. Five minutes, I will challenge you to walk out with no agenda, but to sit. Pull a Mary today. Mary. Martha's looking at her. Mary people bug the crud out of Mary, Martha people. People who go out and sit. And because her expectation, and it's crazy, her expectation is that just maybe God is real and that God might say something to her in that moment. Just maybe God has something for you if you were to give him five minutes with no agenda, with nobody around you, and you just sat. I don't know. But Mary had that expectation. Mary had that belief. Otherwise, why would she sit down? Why wouldn't she be busy? Challenge for you, Riverview people. Five minutes. If I said a half an hour, you'd all start, ah. five, you can do it. You can do it. After lunch, you say, everybody goes, we're all going to go, quack, 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 quack. And you say, okay, I'm, I'm going to go take my five minutes. I'll catch you guys later. I'll catch you guys whenever you know that's over. Try it out, just to sit down. I, I challenge you not even to bring your Bible. Just listen. You watch. Two minutes goes by, and you go, man, that was... Some of you, it, I, I've done this with students for, for, for a while, before, and some of them will come back, and they'll go, I can't believe how fast it went. And some of them were like, I, at two minutes, I thought I was going to crawl out of my own skin. So just give yourself some grace. Second one is... Uh, the <laughs> the perm, the per. You try writing up here; it's so funny. My spelling gets so funny when I'm up here. I do this with clients too. I'll be up there writing on the board. I'm like, how do you spell? You know, I can't decide. Is there an S in decide? I don't remember. Performer. For some of you, everywhere you go, your lens is look at me, and you think they are. That's the that's my my dad. This, this would have been definitely part of my lens when I was, when I was, when I was younger. And my dad might, would make the joke and say, he says, young people, they all think everyone's looking at them all the time. And, and people, sometimes they are, but a lot of times they're not. Where you go, how you dress, what you look like, how you're laughing, who you're with, even your grades, it's all this performance. I can imagine Martha looking through this lens getting the house just right so that Jesus looks at it and goes, because that's what life is about. Someone going, and if they don't do this, we feel like we did something wrong. Maybe I gotta do a little more. So we all walk around. How are you guys all doing? Good. You know, it's this constant performance. And that's really tough to relax with. 
Some of you know how stressful it is when you wake up and you feel like your parents are watching. And their acceptance and love of you can hinge on how well you do. Some of you are in relationships and dating someone right now where that feeling of being judged and watched all the time makes you feel tense and tight. You've always been on stage, and you always will be. What was that noise? (laughs) Did you do that? Ryan, did you just whistle like that? Did you guys hear that noise? It was an Instagram? If someone just took a picture of me and sends me an Instagram, that will be the funniest thing I've ever heard of. (laughs) I didn't even know what that was. I'm like, there's birds in here. (laughs) Try it out. The voice app. It works. All right, we're almost done. I'm going to give you five, but we're going to blast through these last ones because I want to get you to some other stuff. The competitor. For some of you, it is not so great. It's not so important that you do well. It's that you do better than the person next to you. It's that old joke. How fast is it? How fast do you have to be to outrun a bear to, to get away from a bear? Yeah, no, faster than you. I'm faster than you. That's all I have to be. I just have to beat you because the bear's gonna after you know the bear's gonna get you and I get get free. That's it. So the idea is um, that you're walking around and everywhere you go. And women, listen, you are constantly. And guys, by the way, the rate of the rate of, for men right now raising twenty percent every year. Guys, right now eating disorders. We're outpacing women for the increase every year. There's still more women with eating disorders nationally than men, but our rate is increasing faster than theirs. Their rate is increasing at about a 6% rate a year. Ours is increasing about a 20% a year. Guys, we are starting to watch. We're starting to, we're starting to develop the same eating disorders as the women, so it's no longer a women's issue. For the competitor, there's that sense that everybody's body is in a competition. All the time. Anchor splash. Do they still have that? Like, yeah. So all the, I did see the women go, oh, that's so great. Mm-hmm. You know, listen, by the way, all of these things, I don't mean to shame them. All of them, there's a grace to this. Of course we have some of that at times. And it's sometimes competition is a great one. The problem is that when everything we're doing is out of that lens, it keeps us from, the, from what Jesus is wanting for us. We see Jesus, but if we're still in the competitor mode, we miss out on the life we want. Does that make sense? If we're with Jesus, but we're still seeing life from the river, we miss out from the life that Jesus wants. We build churches that don't look like Jesus. The mall mode. The mall view. Ryan handed me a book this week, and he's talking about this. For some of us, we're walking around, and we're seeing out of the mall view And it's like we're constantly shopping, shopping for spouses, girlfriends, boyfriends. We're shopping. We're shopping for clothes that will make us into the person that we want to be. We're shopping for majors. We're shopping for a future. We're shopping, shopping, shopping. We're always looking around for the things. We're like ravens that look around and gathering little shiny things all the time. The last one 
is the defective lens. Here's the deal. This is a tough one. This one is the one where everywhere someone looks, they're seeing what's defective. They look at themselves. They look at their life. They look at their history. And it seems like, well, maybe other people are okay, but not me. There's something wrong with me that makes me the way I am. And some people might see it, but I'm doing the best I can to hide it. The defective lens. I get people in my office all the time. I'm always so impressed when they can admit this. And here's the thing that I have. And my idea is, when you're 80, let's imagine you live to be 90. And you die, and you get to sit with Jesus. And you look back over your life. And Jesus says, tell me how many years of your life you agreed with me about you. To the people with the defective lens, you may not get any. And that's the sad thing. Because they can be doing all these wonderful things. But they don't know one day what it's like to look down and say, I agree with Jesus about me, about my body, about my mind, that it's beautiful and fearfully made, created individual, unique, on purpose, not in an assembly line, not mass-produced, thought about. Defective lens is tough. That's one I've had. These, by the way, these five lenses, I can switch from all five in one day. I can go through every single one of those. You know, some of you today, you're going to meet um, a gal that I've been uh, dating for a long time, so long that we just say we're partners because it sounds so lame to be 46 and say it's my girlfriend. Um, it just does. But I know that one of the things that I really struggled with was, you know, not being married, feeling this sense of what's wrong with me, looking at my lens, going through and saying there must be something wrong with me. Or I would have the family that looks like everybody. You know that, that dream that by the time you're graduated or by 24, you're going to find that perfect person and then you're going to have your matching children. And your career and onward, that's what discipleship means for, for a lot of us, right? That's the mall lens. This idea that I'm so excited to be with Jesus because my husband should be, according to my watch. I didn't get that. Go do what you love to do and the spouse that you're meant to be with will join you along the way. That's what I was told. So there's a part of me that just... Once, uh, by the way, the, Carol will be coming here. We've been together for a long time. She's got two boys that I've been a part of their lives since they were since they were small kids. So we get it so long now, or long enough now, where um, you know, they, I, I wonder whether the younger one can remember times with where I've not been there. We might get married, but I don't know. That's embarrassing. But I'm going to bring her here. You'll see him today, um, and I want you to say hi to him. You'll see two two uh, young guys that look like either really really small freshmen, uh, and uh, you'll know what they are. But uh, uh, there's a part of me when I was thinking about this talk today. 
I don't want you to feel like you're being shamed. Tonight we're going to continue the conversation because I think Jesus offers us an, alter, an alternative. And I want to tell you something. This alternative is something I have to practice every day as a disciple. And it challenges me, but it gives me so much life. Um, I will say that I think I'm, I'm a happy person because I think I can see Jesus clearly much more so than I was when I was younger. And I want to give you that same opportunity. You'll catch yourself today thinking about your free time from the river. It's going to feel like one big swooping thing till you're going to be washed out of the retreat and on to the next thing into the Super Bowl. You'll see yourself today when you're doing stuff, you'll laugh <laughs> really loud sometimes. You're still performing. You could let yourself off the hook. You see the competitor where you feel that sense of who's the most popular person in the room or who's doing the best in school or what's my measurement that makes me the top and the top and the top. The mall where you're shopping, that sense of looking for what's glamorous, looking for what's new and exciting, defective, where you're walking around feeling less than, broken, different than the rest of us, uniquely so. I'm going to challenge you to today one piece of homework is to pay attention. My dad's old phrase was insight 70% of your solution. You start catching it. There's room. This is what Jesus is going to start tapping on over and over and over again with his disciples. Tapping, 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 tapping. See how you're looking at the world right now. It's key if we're going to do anything different in this world. Are you with me? Thumbs up if you're with me. Yeah, great. Jesus, thank you for today. We pray to be disciples who have our lenses challenged. We've seen you. We don't know exactly who you are, where you're going to lead us, but we've seen you and we've said yes, at least to the next step. Now, Lord, take our lenses, the way we see, even the way that we see you and allow that to begin to fall from our eyes. And all God's people said, amen. All right, good job.